0: Well, you know, cannabis has become a very lucrative business here in Illinois and even here in Springfield with uh, several dispensaries that seem to be doing very good business. And yet it can still be controversial, and it still makes some people squeamish, especially when it comes to finding places to locate new cannabis businesses. Well, there's a debate going on now in the Springfield City Council, and it could lead to a showdown vote coming up on Tuesday over a proposed zoning change that might make it easier to cite some of these businesses here in the community, but some aldermen are opposed to it. Joining us now is Jeff Fulgenzi. He is part of a group that wants to bring a, a cannabis craft grow Operation to Springfield, if they can find a place where it would be allowed, and right now that's the challenge. Jeff Fulgenzi, thanks for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Well, let's begin uh, by by just explaining what what is a craft grow operation. We're familiar with recreational cannibals, sure. and we've talked about the, uh, the the big you know cannabis cultivation centers that are around the state to supply the the dispensaries here. But what's a craft grow operation?
1: Uh, Governor Pritzker uh, has a program and the Pritzker administration has a program where they created the social equity craft grow program allowing Really, uh, the folks that have been dispropor- have been impacted by the failed war on on cannabis, we have uh, the social equity program allows and gives preference to individuals who have the majority ownership of a company that have either had a marijuana arrest, Jim, or ha- lived five of the last ten years in what the state has identified in the disproportionately impacted area. That map's available online. Um, that's based solely upon uh, arrest, historical arrest. As you can imagine, in Springfield, most of those arrests were <laughs> North End, East Side, and, and South Side. So the, the map is out there. Um, those the disproportionately impacted area from which our majority owners, uh, you know, lived. Um,
0: I, I, it, I want to come back to the social equity sure, part because sure. that's important. But I, I still don't quite understand what exactly is a craft grow operation. That's sure, what I'm. Thank asking.
1: you. Uh, so you're original with the medical growers, as we call the the OGs, the original growers, the, like the company Cresco and Lincoln, the corporate weed companies. Uh, they're allowed to grow two hundred and ten thousand square feet. There's another one in, in Barrie that's allowed to
0: grow two hundred. I I've toured 000, that place. It's
1: massive. Massive. So we're only allowed five thousand square feet uh, by 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 uh, Department of Ag rules and the state act of of flowering canopy. So, uh, you know, in comparison to the 210,000 square foot facility in Lincoln, we're more of a boutique shop, uh, more of a a craft beer type of uh, establishment, if you will.
0: How is that even fiscally viable? If I can buy pot from a place that can mass produce it and have the economies of scale that go with that, what's my advantage of buying what you could produce?
1: great question uh, it 's a question most often comes up <laughs> with our investors uh, or our potential investors. we think we 're going to grow high quality product because we 're small scale we 're hand touched hand hand crafted throughout our goal is to grow some of the, some high quality stuff and uh, and we think that uh, frankly there 's you know a, a, people are tired of what they call the corporate weed they 're anxious for the craft grows in these smaller mom and pop shops and these frankly disproportionately impacted companies uh, if we're able to hold on to our equity before the big guys come in and try to buy us. Um, but we have to become operational to become, uh, you know, to, 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 to get into a position where we can make money. And it's not easy. You know, we're trying to recruit investors every day. Uh, and it's and it's difficult.
0: Now, don't take offense at this, but sure. you're you're a, a white, upper middle class, <laughs> Republican, son of a Springfield alderman, how are you a social equity guy? How how do you fit into this? I, I
1: although I grew up in the disproportionately impacted area, I uh, I do not personally qualify. Uh, our company's majority owned by guys that do. Okay. Um, uh, you know. Uh, all right. Well, yeah.
0: and, that, and that makes sense. So, so yeah. you're, you're a partner with other people, and, yeah. and so it falls in under that, which brings us to now. And you would like to uh, locate one of these craft grow operations here in Springfield, but you're running into a challenge, and the challenge is the way our zoning rules for cannabis businesses are set up.
1: To, to the city's credit, a couple of years ago, they did allow these cannabis facilities. They allowed the dispensaries. We're seeing the benefit of that, you know, and the revenue being generated from that, the jobs being generated. And to the city's credit, they did that. Unfortunately, when they created these setbacks and they're I would call them ridiculous setbacks. A 2,500 feet, gym for an infuser, and an infuser, uh, for those that don't know, is simply someone taking uh, THC oil and making gummies or or some such, in effectively a kitchen. Uh, you know, the the city ordinance calls for a 2,500 foot, a half mile setback from uh, from from those facilities from the grow operation. They're requiring 1,500 foot setbacks from homes, from uh, from residential zoning, from uh, um, uh, daycares from uh, schools. Um, and and frankly if you look at every industrial park in town, homes were built right next to industrial parks. Um, people wanted to live near where they worked. we as a craft grow company want to utilize these existing buildings. You know, we had plans initially to to build out with a significant increase in building costs with a significant increase in 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 borrowing costs i mean we're we're seeing 4 or 5 percentage uh, increases in our in our borrowing costs so building a new building is really cost prohibitive so we really need to go into uh, just as damian johnson has done uh, going into a, a, an existing building uh, that already exists which reduces our cost to to start up uh, and so we, we want to go into the industrial parks in Springfield.
0: From the city council debate this week, uh, what, what <laughs> I'm hearing from some of the aldermen is we've got people here in Springfield who may live near an industrial park, and they knew that going in, and they made their peace with that, but they don't want to live near a cannabis growing operation. They don't want somebody just a couple of hundred feet away growing pot almost in their backyard. They don't want their kids wandering around the neighborhood when there's somebody growing pot right right there, uh, you know, almost next to them. Well,
1: so. By nature of the medical grow and the medical licenses, people have the ability to grow in their backyard now for cannabis. So I'm not sure they can totally avoid the cannabis, uh, you know, and we drive around Springfield yeah, every day. Grow
0: and like, and what, five plants,
1: right? You're not, you're not doing I think it's five plants. Thousands well, of square sure. you know. These,
0: these by
1: by rule, by law, these buildings are there's no public access. You know, these are not open to the public. We don't sell retail. We sell only to the dispensaries. Uh, the notion that anyone who would even know what's inside of them, I would argue they wouldn't. We we don't want that. These are, you know, 24-hour monitoring by the state police. There's, you know, well-secured, fenced-in buildings. Um, and, you know, in terms of the smell, we hear that often, typically by people that, you know, are anti-cannabis and, you know, it's fear-mongering and demagoguery, if you will. They talk about the smell. Well, I'd I much prefer the smell of unburnt marijuana than the smell of burnt marijuana, which we smell at almost every intersection in town. Uh, but, uh,
0: uh <laughs> Uh, Am I going to get a contact high from walking around by your building and breathing in uh, the, the air?
1: So glad you asked and this is an important point and, and listen I, I, I've tried to better our community and engaged in community development my entire adult career we wouldn't do anything to harm a neighborhood the, these buildings, one of the biggest risks to our operation is is air and contaminants in the air whether it's bugs or whether it's pollen from other plants so we we have effectively scrubber systems we believe that 99.9% of any smell will be eliminated before it even leaves the building Um, you know if we can scrub you know burnt coal into white steam certainly we can clean air that may have an unburnt marijuana smell uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's not a risk for the neighborhood. It's certainly we have no proposal to go anywhere near schools, uh, daycares, or or group homes, as might have been suggested at the council meeting the other
0: night. You've also uh, indicated uh, that um, this uh, the the social equity component of this part of the law requires you to give back to the community where where you wind up locating that's
1: a good way to put it Uh, the social equity program recognizes that uh you know we lower income folks you know little people as it were like myself and others we don't have the opportunity to jump into the business i think the original medicinal licenses were hundreds of thousands of dollars and you know some argue that it was a done deal before those folks applied under the blagojevich administration but um, this program is intended to help the smaller guys that's our company those are the companies I helped uh, draft applications for. Um, I know there's four or five of them that wanna locate in Springfield right now, but again, are having trouble locating. So the social equity program by application, we had to share with the state how we're gonna engage in the community, how we're gonna give back, if you will. Once we're successful, we're required to give away, uh, I I would say hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on our our sales. Uh, And frankly, as I shared with the neighborhood groups and the aldermen, I want to give back to our community, our our investors, our community wants to be in Springfield. We want to give back to the communities we're familiar with. Uh, Damian Johnson, as an example, spoke before the council, tried desperately to get the council to change zoning to allow him to operate in Springfield. Uh, he finally... Through in the towel and went to Danville. He's building out right now in Danville. These these companies were multi million dollar investments. We're going to create twenty five to thirty jobs once we're operational, a million to a million and a half in payroll. And we've got to give money back to the community. Um, that's what we want to do. And, of course, we want to be in the communities that we grew up in.
0: I'm tight on time with this, and I sure. want to get to the, to the meat of this because Alderwoman Desenza was very outspoken about this. this is what, one of the places you're looking at would be in her ward. And, and she raised several issues during the meeting, and I've conversed with her since then, uh, saying, uh, one, the jobs may not be as numerous as what you've just mentioned. Number two, she has uh, alleged, now you know you've had communications with her as well, and she shared with me some of the text messages back and forth. She's she's, uh, alleged that you have made uh, promises or have offered money to various groups and things to get their support in all of this. Uh, So I I want you to address a little bit of this because she really has an issue with this. So so what's going on here? I would have loved
1: the opportunity to sit down with Kristen DeCenza. We first reached out uh, June 29th at 2.31 p.m. to try to schedule a meeting with her. She indicated she's unavailable for pretty much the next month, uh, has been unavailable to talk. We're, you know, we're willing to talk at any time. Um, as we've talked to the other aldermen, we're, we're an open book. This is an important issue to discuss. Um, we have no secrets to hide. We, we want to tell everybody our story. We think it's a good story to tell. Um, the, the, Alderman DeCenzo's actions, quite frankly, were disappointing. Um, and no no potential investor in this community should be treated the way that our company has been treated. Um, we simply want to invest in our community. Uh, there are buildings in Kristen DeCenzo's ward that are vacant, one of which I have an interest in has been vacant since 2006, Jim. Uh, basically, second wind since 2006 suits our needs perfectly I'll share with you that's actually the third or fourth building Uh, we tried to buy another building on Rochester Road that didn't meet the setbacks I on our application to the state of Illinois two years ago we had another building uh, that was uh, you know excuse me, out near the airport uh, that didn't I, meet setbacks either. So uh, we, we've got a great deal of interest in, in a number of buildings, but every industrial park, you know, you're familiar with the buildings behind, uh, you know, Teamster Teamster Way back there where FedEx and behind Lowe's on the north end along 55, that entire industrial park's excluded, Jim, because you know, 211 feet across the divided highway is residential zoning. Uh, So, you know, even Pillsbury Mills used to be in my county board district. We've tried for years to try to figure out how to, you know, make that site productive. If that was green grass today the city council ordinance excludes us from investing in that area they're effectively creating investment exclusion zones that force us basically into the green fields
0: out out west of town last question Uh, she also said this is about more to do with helping an alderman's son and while she didn't (laughs) mention the alderman by name alderman mcmenamin very helpfully threw your dad's name out there so we knew what was going on uh to what extent is your dad involved in this and and how much of a factor is that
1: my dad is interested in in the sense as he said on the floor that he wants to see these industrial parks be utilized he recognizes as the other aldermen do that we have vacancies in our industrial parks and this ordinance excludes the industrial parks we want to reinvest in these parks and uh and it's important for us to go in there my my father along with the other alderman roy williams is uh sponsoring the ordinance believes strongly that we should be allowed to invest in industrial parks and i will say jim that you know, elected officials should be able to decide today as current zoning ordinance allows, I mean, we can put an oil an oil refinery in the industrial parks. We can put car-smashing plants and, and junkyards in there. We should be able to decide today, are these appropriate uses in our industrial parks? And, and that's what we're asking the city to consider. Uh, and, and any notion that, that we're trying to bribe people because we're a social equity company, frankly, it, it's disgusting. We're committed to making our community better. And it's just a cheap shot and people taking personal attacks. And, and what do people do when they can't argue the fact? They attack personally, and it's unfortunate. Nobody should be treated that way.